Welcome to Eastgate Church. I trust you'll find this message inspiring and encouraging for you today. Father, again, we are just grateful and thankful for your kindness and for your goodness towards us this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for those wonderful prayers. We thank you, Lord, that we can remember and we can stand in silence, Lord God. And Father, Lord, all of us have got relatives in the past. And Father, even probably relatives today, Lord, who are caught in war zones and fighting, Lord God, Father, even now. And we just ask, Lord, Father, that you will take care of them, that you will watch over them, that you indeed, Lord God, Father, will be their defender. Lord, we thank you, Lord, we've got Michael in the room and he has his medals with him, Lord, a man who's served active duty. And Father, Lord, we just pray, Lord, as he wears these medals as well, Lord, and Father, he's got many memories. We just pray, Lord God, Father, just heal him and all the hurts and things that he was confronted with, Lord God, in the line of duty. And we just pray blessings upon him and upon all of those, Lord, Father, who bear the scars and wounds as Norman, Lord, shared with us. Father, we pray for your word this morning. We ask, Father, that you will, Lord God, Father, minister to us and speak to us through it, Lord God, in the glorious name of Jesus. And yes, Father, we are conscious, Lord God, of the ongoing wars at this time. We do hold up Israel before you, Father. Lord, they are fighting, Lord God, Father, a terrorist group known across the world, Lord, Father. Atrocities, Lord God, Father, they have committed, Lord God, excel even that of Hitler's Nazis. So we would pray, Lord God, Father, that you will, Lord God, Father, be with them in this struggle. And we do pray for the war in Ukraine. Father, Lord, I don't know the actual stats, but some people have suggested we are closing in on 500,000 dead. Father, this is a major war, and yet it can easily get lost, Lord God, and all the other news is around us. Father, can we pray? Only you can bring peace. And we ask, Lord, that you will bring peace, Lord, across this troubled world in Israel, Father, in the Ukraine, Father, in many other places, Lord, Father, where men, Lord God, Father, war against men, Father, we ask, Lord, that you and you alone can, Lord, Father, bring peace. And we so we pray, Father, for peace this day in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. So remembering Sunday and um, because I've been so busy leading up to things, usually I would take time, if usually it's a, a week or so or a couple of weeks, and I like to look back at history. I like to look at old footages of the World War I and World War II. And, um, and, and uh, you've got real footage out there and you feel the pain. You feel the pain in the trenches, the men. You see all the heartache at home. You see the struggles at home. You see the devastation that was inflicted upon our people, our nation. Yes, I watched the, some of the footage of the Holocaust, you know, and, um, and I remember I seen what happened to this people. I visit these things. It's there for us to visit. And I let it soak into me. I like to go back and let it soak into me to feel the pain of the people of that particular generation. And I suppose we could look around and feel the pain. I think sometimes we, we need to visit things again. We need to remember. So easy to forget and it's in the distant past and we move on and we, we never like to look back. Well, sometimes it's good to look back. It's always good to remember. Not that I go through every day with that, but I think there's times and there's seasons. There's never a better season. So me and my lovely wife will be going away on Tuesday to Inverary and I'll have a bit of time of reflection. I'm sure there's plenty of time to just to enjoy just being one another and walking in the hills and the country. But I'll be taking some time as well just to reflect again and looking back at these things. And I'll be doing that to the end of the month, to be truthful. For history will be lost unless we choose to remember that. Stuart quoted that, isn't it? And there's a wonderful quote. And it's there that says, They shall grow not old as they were not 
as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun in the morning, we will remember them. And let us never forget the great price indeed that was afflicted upon us. It says, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it or go through it again. That was a man called George Santanyana, if I'm pronouncing his name, a philosopher that actually quoted that. And that plaque is outside Outswitch camp at this moment in time to say that those who forget the past are destined to again to what? To, to go back through that. So let us always remember that, guys. It's important that we honor but, and remember these fallen heroes of yesterday. Young men, 16, even 18, 19, and latterly everybody was thrown into the pitch who gave their lives. Some of their stories are haunting even as we can remember them. Hallelujah. So let us always remember them. But more importantly than that, what did they die for? And that's what I want to try and bring to our account just now. Yes, we can remember that the, the, these people who died, but sometimes we forget, what did they die for? What did they fight for? Yes, we see the great sacrifice, but sometimes we forget, what actually were they fighting for? What did they give their lives for? You know, the, many of them were conscripted, they were called up, you didn't, have an, you didn't have an option. But what did they die for is what we need to be, again, reflecting upon, even in this age that we find ourselves in. H.G. Wells said after the World War I that it was a war to end all wars, never again to be repeated. They were looking for a new world order, even back then, and a place of perpetual peace. And that war, which was horrific, and um, that first world war, they says it would never happen again, and now they were looking for a utopia world. We're going to, because of the, the devastation, the destruction that afflicted the whole world, that they says the world surely will learn through this, and they wanted to establish a peace peace and goodwill to all men. But we know that was never the case because again, we see again, Jeremiah actually quotes this, peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. And we know that before we knew it, a second world war, which killed more than the first world war because of the, the, the missiles and the, 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 the uptake and the ability for man to create weapons of mass destruction increased. And we've seen that was completely brought to everyone's attention, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, when the atomic bomb burst forth into this world. No longer was it just hand grenades and, and missiles. Now you had the ultimate bomb. And now today, they say they've got something that would even make that pale into insignificance. Who knows the weapons that are at man's disposal? People now are starting to see this rising, not only war that started in the Ukraine, now it's now in the Middle East with Israel. It could easily explode and draw many other people into it. And very likely we can see that even manifesting itself. In fact, the signs are all there that World War III potentially is not that far up the road. And that might sound totally and utterly unthinkable to us, but... I believe biblically the signs are that there will be another major war. Another major war is on the horizon. It's only a matter of time how far that is up the road. I think off the back of that will come, off the back of that will be the rise of the false messiah, the antichrist, who will establish a seven-year peace which they thought would be, everyone will be screaming for and demanding. But I think it's got to come out of time of tribulation for that peace now to be established. My own understanding as I would perceive things. 
So we can see here, all of these things now are kicking off at an alarming rate. Not just people within the church are talking about it. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone now is, is becoming a little bit nervous. And, and it's okay when it's over there, when it's not here. I want to tell you this, when it comes here, we will know all about it. It will change the climate of our nation. I personally believe for us to see a revival in this nation, we need a crisis. I'm not saying that it needs to be a war situation. But we need a crisis in our nation to turn people to God because people are just not interested. People just don't think. They don't care. They don't value our history. They think nothing of our history. It's been devastated and destroyed. And I'm talking about the Christian heritage of our nation. The word remember is used about 250 times in the scriptures and other words of the same connotation. The scriptures are constantly telling us to what? To remember our God. God is constantly telling us, constantly to remember him, to remember our God, our history, even as his people. An interesting thing that's taking place in Israel, whether whatever you might think about Israel or not think about Israel, I made my thoughts very clear. They're on the YouTube. I did two sermons, morning and evening, and it's my own view and how I perceive that. Other people have got other views. Other people would read the same scriptures and you've got your own understanding. I've said to you again, I believe Israel is center stage for everything that's going on. But one thing that is that we can see is materialized is that nation is crying out to God at this moment in time. Because why? Because of crisis. Because they've got children, 300,000 in their army, they've got children, they've got sons and daughters fighting a war in Gaza. When we were at war in this country, the churches were open 24-7 because everybody had a husband, had a wife, had, you know, had, yeah, had a wife or they had, they had children. Everything was afflicted and everybody, everybody was on their knees crying out to God. And I want to tell you this, don't think you would sit there blasé. If your son was fighting over there in that war, I want to tell you, see my two sons get called up, guys, I would be devastated. I would be on my knees continuing, oh God, please protect my boys, protect my boys, maybe your grandchildren, oh God, please, your husband. Do you think we would not be crying out to God? This nation cried out to God. Stuart brought that very, very carefully. Why? Because we were in the middle of a crisis and we needed God. And thank God, God heard the cries of our nation and actually came to our assistance. But there was great devastation. So now in Israel... They are now crying to God. Yes, they still not recognize the Messiah. And I want to make crystal clear, as I did that particular day, for some, pe some people maybe just want to leave because they think I am taking a particular stand and they think I've got a particular view. There is only one name under heaven by which men must be saved. It is the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. There is, the old covenant will not get you into heaven. You need the new covenant. You need one savior, one name. The Bible's very clear in that. Jesus is the only way. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. He is the savior of the whole world. Jew and Gentile alike. I want you to make that crystal clear at this moment in time. But I want you to tell you this. This nation's praying now. You see, each of that soldiers are praying before they get into battle. And guess what? God is actually doing great things on their behalf. If you've taken the time and trouble to watch some of the things that's actually taking place. So in the midst of all of this, a nation is crying to God. But yet they're still blinded. They still cannot see their Messiah. But I believe we are heading towards the time when the Bible says when God will turn back to this people and that blindness will be taken away from them. I believe that will come at the second return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But thank God there is a great move within that community and messianic believers are springing up over Israel. We see it more and more and more. But the greatest fulfillment of that will take place at the second return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's crystal clear in the scriptures, but other people have got different views and that's up to you and how you want to perceive it. So one thing is the nation 
nation now is turning to God in prayer. A lot of secularism, there's filth and disgusting sin in the land of Israel. I've witnessed it, I've seen it firsthand. We can read about it, just like here, that this nation, the disgusting filth and wickedness of our sin that's in our own land was in that land as well with all the perversity and all the nonsense that we're seeing round about us. And just as they need a savior, I want to tell you this, this nation here also needs a savior, glory to God. But they, at this moment in time, are starting to cry out to God. They're crying out to God. When a crisis hits, I want to tell you this, all the nonsense starts to get lost because now the nation becomes focused on the Lord. Amen? And I pray that God begins to deal with this nation as he's dealing with that nation also. In Genesis 9, we'll just go there. I'm going to reflect on the word remember. Do you know something? It's good to remember, brethren. Because if you don't remember, you will forget. And just breaking in at verse 8 in chapter 9 of Genesis, it says this. Then God spoke to Noah and his sons and said to him, As for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, every beast of the earth with you and all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off from the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I will make between me and you and every living creature with you for perpetual generations. Aren't we glad for that? Perpetual generations, even this generation. For I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of the flesh. The water shall never cease become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud shall be in the cloud and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of the flesh that is on the earth and God said to Noah this is a sign of the covenant which I will establish between me and all flesh so we can see here God remembers thank God God remembers hallelujah thank God he just doesn't forget and, um, and could easily wipe us out God remembers and he set the rainbow in the sky it's been robbed from us the rainbow it's time we got it back as a church. Hallelujah. Thank God we need to reclaim that which the enemy has stolen from us. And we can actually herald that before the Lord, the God who remembers. We could jump up to Genesis now, chapter 2. We'll just break in at verse 23 in Exodus 2. It says this, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob and God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. Hallelujah. I believe this is maybe the start of what's taking place in Israel just now. They're beginning to cry out to him. In prayer, and God is what? Remembering his covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he says he'll never break that covenant. You can say, well, what will happen with the new covenant is if God broke that covenant? This is an eternal covenant that God made with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Yes, there are rebellious people, but God is still remembers his covenant. And here they are in Egypt here, and as they cry out, it says, God heard their cry, and he remembered. Amen. 
And that is what I believe will be taking place as we move into the latter days. God will remember this people, hallelujah, and he will hear their cries and he will come and he will rescue them. We can jump up to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Moses, as we're coming to the end of Moses' life, and the Lord speaks to him, prediction of Israel's rebellion. Amen, which is still probably, we see it manifested in the nation at this moment in time. It's rebellion. And then the Lord said to Moses, reading from verse 14, chapter 31, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of meeting. I mean, aggregate him. So Moses and Joshua went to present themselves in the tabernacle of meeting. And now the, the Lord appeared at the tabernacle in a pillar of cloud. And a pillar of cloud stood above the door of the tabernacle. Wouldn't that be amazing again, isn't it? You know, when it says that happened in the very presence when God tabernacled with his people in the middle of the camp. And every time the presence of God came down, everybody stood outside and there was this cloud over the tent of meeting. The presence of God. Wonderful, isn't it? Could you imagine that? His cloud was there by day and a fire by night. The very presence of God was in their midst and yet they just sinned prolifically as the scriptures tell us because they get used to the presence of God. This is just not in my notes. It's just maybe coming to me just now. And this is the biggest problem with us in the church as well because the spirit of God is with us. His presence is with us. But we become a little bit just, we, we just become a little bit, you know, we've had it for so long. We just don't appreciate it. And then we get, although we're sitting here in the presence of God, where lives do not reflect that, we, can, we just become cold and indifferent. You know, I was driving down to church, and this is just coming to me just now. I'm going to throw that out to you. I always love when you get those frosty mornings. What I don't love about it is I, had to get, I couldn't find my scraper, so I had to sit in the car and get in it. And then I had to, Linda's car was in front of me, so I had to get that defrosted. And, you know, before you can get out there, it's 20 minutes away. Let's start up cars. But what I do love when you come down, you're driving down the road. See the, see the side of the roof that the sun shines on? frost free see the side of the roof that's just frosty the sun doesn't touch it just remains frosty all day long here's a prophetic word for maybe i don't know if you're in this room just now as well what what side is the sun shining is it shining on you or is it shining on the back side and that will depend that will depend are you are you thawed out or are you cold and indifferent i want to tell you this you better get the son of god shining upon you again and just to be able to Bring light, bring softness again into your heart or else your heart could be cold. It's like you're cold and indifferent. But you let that sun be exposed, that natural sun, just think more, the sun of the living God. Let him shine upon you. Bring warmth of the spirit of God. Let it flood your soul. And I want to tell you this, it'll just soften your heart and then before you know it, you'll just start to feel the presence of God. You'll never feel the presence of God when you're on the wrong side. I was not going to quote the dark side of the moon by Pink Floyd there, but I won't. But there we go. But it's a dark side. There's a dark side and there's a light side. Whatever way the sun desires to shine upon it. And maybe I flung that out there, just interrupted that, which is right that I would do so. And, um, you know, we need to let the Son of God shine upon us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So anyway, here's the words. And verse 16 was what I want to kind of major on. And here's the Lord prophetically now is speaking to Moses, behold, you will rest with your fathers and this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day and I will forsake them and I will hide my face from them 
and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Have not all these evils come upon us, because our God is not amongst us? And I will surely hide my face in that day, because of all the evil which they have done, in that they have turned to other gods. Amen. You hear the other word, they were not even just standing in the curve to get into the land, and the Lord knew exactly where their, where their hearts were. And God says, there's going to come a day when they are going to get caught up in the land, when I bring them into the land, when they become fat and full and, they, and, and prosperous. And it says, they will forget me. They'll get caught up in their own abilities, their own wealth, and they will just be lulled into a place of sleep. And they say, well, we don't really need God. We're comfortable now. You know, when things is going well, you don't really need God because everything's cool, everything's fine. I've got money in the bank, there's food on the shelves. Everything's cool, everything's good, you know. Football's on the TV, I've got my big screen, I'm happy. Phone call, pizza, come on in, you know. And it's like, and I just get up and I've not got any, any, any struggles. I want to tell you this, when all hell breaks loose, it's a whole different kettle of fish. All of a sudden now, I do need God. Hence the reason God brings many judgments upon his people Israel. History in the Bible here will clearly show us that. And even the natural history that we're seeing just now. And then we see God, why does God do this? And I say, why does God do this? Because God is disciplining us and bringing us to that place again that we can cry out. And the only time you can cry out is when difficulties come. Because when everything's going fine, there's, there's a wee weak whisper of, of crying out. But when all hell breaks loose in your life, I want to tell you this, you will cry out. Hence the reason when I wrote back, when we just read earlier on in their bondage in Egypt, it says they cried out. They'd been crying out for some time. But there came a time when God heard that cry and he remembered them. Oh, brethren, I pray that God remembers this land of Scotland. Yes, I pray that God will remember Israel and God will always remember Israel. But also, I'm praying that God's going to remember this land. And when I say this land, predominantly I'm a Scot. The reason I chose to wear this outfit today was just to identify myself. When you see anybody in a kilt, you immediately say, that's a Scotsman. Amen. Because it identifies us. It's our dress. It's our code. It's who we are. But I want to think of even Britain today because I voted to stay part of Britain. Do you know why? Because I didn't want to be in the clutches of Europe. See, this Scottish independence nonsense, it was nothing to do with Scottish independence. It was we want to be part of Europe. And I made a decision then, sorry, I want to be part of Britain before I want to be part of Europe. Our people who have a common language, we have a common purse. And we've got a lot of things very much in common. But in the midst of the commonness, we have our own identity as a Scottish people with a rich history, which I am jealous to retrieve and to get back again before the Lord. And that's what I choose to do. Do you know, we have lost our identity, brethren, as a nation. We have lost who we are. We've lost the glue. We've lost our substance We've been infiltrated, and I'm not just talking. I did say watch Islam, and I said that a couple of weeks ago before we see the rise of all of this foreignness that has came in. But the fact is that they've come in and get established because we've not valued our history. We've not valued our culture. We have, we have, we've got lost. We've become lazy and just, well, couldn't care less. I'm going to finish with another scripture today, and then I'm bouncing off that. This is just scratching the surface of something that's on my heart, which I'm going to bring in a much fuller sense. And you'll know the story, you'll find it in Genesis 25. And it's Jacob and Esau. 
It says, now, reading from verse 29, now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom, which means red. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau Esau said, look, I am about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as is the Lord. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and he drank and he rose and he went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. How sad is that for Esau, who just managed to break out of the womb before his brother. And many people want to actually take humbrage with Jacob, but actually it was prophesied that Jacob actually would be the one that would carry on from his father, Isaac. But it says there that Esau despised his birthright. That is his identity. Do you know something? Guys, we need to find out who we are again as a Scottish people. And if you're here further afield over the borders as a British people, we need to discover who we are. I'll go back to the pact that I said earlier. Yes, we remember these men who died, who fought, who gave their lives. Not just in the fields across the world. Our people here were bombed, blown to bits. Men, women, and children were devastated. But what did we fight for? What did we fight for? What was worthwhile for us to give our lives, to stand up against tyranny and evil? What did we die for? What was the cause? And to me today, I see today we have lost that. We've lost our glue. We've lost who we are as a people. And it's systematic of what the enemy wants to do. He wanted to infiltrate us. He came in and started to dilute us that we lost the significance of who we are. Hence the reason wasn't just because I've got to hand this um, hired kilt and attire in tomorrow. I was wearing it for cause and effect as I used some other things as a cause and effect is. This is identifying us as a Scotsman. We need to find our roots again. What does a Scotsman stand for? Who is these people called Scotsmen? And I'm not going to look at all the, 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 the away deep into the past. We were a warrior people. We were a valiant people. We were willing to stand up for righteousness. We were known as that across the world. And when we were evangelized, when we got our nation, we were called the people of the book. And we stood up and we fought for our rights. We fought for for what was good and right. We stood up for the Lord and for the King of Kings. And now we've just been appeased. We've sat back and said, oh well. And as we have sat back, the enemy has rose up. And we're seeing it now. It's just diluted into our people now have just lost. So we've lost who we are. And we need to again find ourselves who we are in light of God. Who we are, we're a people of the book. We are the people of God, hallelujah. And God is calling these people, I believe, he's certainly calling me, and I'll let you decide how you will work that out yourself. We'll sit back and we'll become just a, just weak, miserable. Weak and miserable. And we'll just sit back and, and we'll just say, oh, well, and quoted that scripture in Proverbs one night, and I think it was Gillian had asked me to read it. I'll, I'll just read it again for cause and effect. Um, there, let me just bring this one to you as well. Let me just go to it. It'll be in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. And we've got there, I think it's up at 22, 24, but let me just get to it. 
My little highlighter will probably identify that. It would have been Mother Babel. Twenty-four. I've not got this. Is, I've got a Mother Babel. Where is it? Right here it is. I've got it. Thank you. It was twenty-four. Thank the Lord for that. My mind's not totally deserting me. In verse 30, 24, I went past the field of a lazy man and by the vineyard of a man devoid of understanding. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. The surface was covered with nettles. The stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and I received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall poverty come like a prowler and you need like an armed, and you need like an armed man. And for too long, I suppose, as a church, we have sat back. We've lost our roots or our history as the people of God. And the enemy has come in like a flood. Our walls are down. Weeds have risen up and nettles. Sin has infiltrated the church to such a degree now, nobody can actually determine what is the church and what is the world. We've become worldly. But in the midst of all of this, God is raising up, I believe, delivers the remnant of his people. And so I chose to come here and to stand in this attire just to stir up my fellow men and my fellow women in the fight of the Lord. That we need to remember again who we are. Who we are. Tonight we'll probably say a special prayer and I did this last time as well. Yes, as we remember the dead and the fallen who fought in the natural wars to defend this nation. Thank God for that. But I'm going to be remembering tonight and I'll take a couple of minutes silence for the covenanters who gave their lives for the faith, who stood against popery, who stood against corrupt kings, who stood their ground and gave their lives for the sake of the gospel, which was under attack. And so tonight, I think it's going to be right, as in Remembrance Sunday, as we chose, and rightly so, to remember those who died in these wars of yesterday then tonight also I'm going to come and for those who will be with us and we're going to take a couple of minutes silence and we're going to remember the fallen heroes of the faith of this nation who gave their lives for the freedoms that we have had but just like the nation has forgot what's taking place for World War One, World War Two, so we have also forgot about those who died for this word that we can take for granted blood was shed that we could have the freedom to worship Christ. Hallelujah. And we need to remember that as well. Guys, to go back to even Esau, he sold out his birthright. Do you know why? Because he despised it. It meant nothing to him. He, it is, what, what good is it to me? It meant he despised his identity, who he was called to be. And sometimes many Christians as well, maybe it's you as well this day, you don't realize who you are in Christ. You don't realize the price that was paid for you. You don't realize what God has called you to do and you can just despise it and say, well, I was talking to somebody, this guy kept nipping my head last night at the wedding reception and he kept coming up to me and talking and talking and talking. He was bothering me latterly, but you know, because I'm seen to be the minister, people want to come and talk and share their hearts, you know, and um, so I had some words for him anyway but not words that he's willing to stand up and to take stock with. We need to stand up, Brennan, today. We need to find out who we are. We need to find out our identity again. 
Our identity as the people of God. Our identity is the Scottish nation. It was once known as the land of the book and the land of the Bible. Remembering who we are. We are a covenant nation. I believe we are a covenant nation. I will not put ourselves on the same platform as Israel's covenant. I've said that very clearly at Holyrood all those years back when we stood up on the marches against COVID, against wickedness and evil and tyranny. And I did say, but I believe that we are a covenant nation and God has got special favor for this land. I believe that. And I believe it's time for us again to rise up and take hold of that again. And when Paul says, he says, I long to take hold of that to which he has taken hold of me. God is seeking to take hold of this land of Scotland. And this Remembrance Day, can I encourage all of us that we need to reflect upon our history instead of sitting on our loyals, just not even reflecting. And then allow God to put something within your heart to say, arise, my Scotsman and my Scotswoman. Let us arise and let us take back that which the enemy has taken from us. Let us take it back. And that is going to take warfare. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take fasting. It's going to take energy. It's going to take determination. And you'll never know what that is until you realize what you have lost. Esau wept when it came to receive the blessing. Because Jacob had already been in first. Because Jacob was rightfully his. His brother sold it to him. And then when he wanted to be blessed, he says, I'm sorry, son. The blessing has went to your boy Jacob. Do you know, I can tell you, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of weeping in the day of salvation for people who have sold out their birthright. Hallelujah. In the presence of God, weeping before the Lord, knowing that we've got a birthright. Every one of us have got a birthright, brethren. Every one of us have got an identity. Let us live up to that, to which God has called us. We read the scriptures very clearly here. You know, Paul gave everything. Hallelujah, to take hold of that to which he had taken hold of me. And I'm reflecting upon that this day, and I want to reflect that upon you. My desire is that all of you will fulfill your God-given identity. You will not, maybe you have sold it out, but you know the good thing is, we can get it back. We can get it back. Hallelujah. You just have to, and that's why I went to that guy, and I was telling him, yeah, and he kept going, on, well, you know, and I went, listen, the Bible's clear. Those who seek me with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their strength, they will be found by me. Hallelujah. That where the enemy is stolen is waiting there for you to go and retrieve it. But you need to be, you need to be saying, I want it. I want it. Hallelujah. And as I stood before the Lord and other times, and I, listen, and I'm not there yet. But I want to tell you this, but I want it. And I'm jealous for Scotland. I am jealous for my land of Scotland to see my land again turning to the living God. Glory to God. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to remember. Lord, you're constantly calling us to remember. Lord Jesus, you constantly told us to never forget, but always remember the price that was paid for us. You've constantly called us to look to the cross center stage at the very center of all things is the cross was the ultimate price when the son of God came into this world to identify himself with fallen flesh to identify himself as a man 
with all of our weaknesses, with all of our vulnerabilities, with all of our pains and our sufferings, who lived amongst us, breathed the same air, felt our pain, stood shoulder to shoulder with us. And then in that great and glorious day, he took upon himself the sin of the world and allowed himself to be turned into the hands of cruel, wicked men who was hung on that cross amongst abuse, amongst the ridicule, the mockery, not only in the natural, who knows what was taking place in their spiritual realm. It says the place became so dark, demonic powers, who knew what the spiritual forces, the whole of hell was glaring. And yet, Lord Jesus, you took all of that upon yourself. And we thank you for those immortal words. It is finished. Hallelujah. Father, help us to never forget the greatest sacrificial price that's ever been paid. That no one, no other price now is needed. It's done. It's accomplished. And it still stands before you this day. The atoning work of the living Christ. Hallelujah. That blood still cries out, Lord. And we pray, Lord, today I finish. And I pray for my land of Scotland. Yes, I will say Britain. And I say, oh Lord, let your mercy again, let your grace again be given to us as a land and as a people. Lord, let grace and mercy again, Lord, be extended to this land of Scotland and Britain, we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Father, help us to remember our rich history. Help us to remember, Lord, those who died. Yes, Lord, in these terrible wars. But, Lord, also those who died, Lord God, Father, in the hills and the valleys, in the streets of Edinburgh, and many villages throughout our land. Lord, when men and women, Lord God, Father, died cruel deaths for the sake of the gospel. Father, help us never to forget. Help us to remember, Lord God, as you remember. So we pray today, Father, please remember us. Lord, in this day, this Remembrance Sunday, Lord, we lift ourselves before you and we say, Father, will you remember us? Will you remember our land and our nation? Will you remember, Lord, those who gave their lives? Father, that we might be free. And so, Lord, I just pray, Lord, stir up the hearts of my brothers and my sisters today, Lord. Help us to stir ourselves up, Lord God. Help us to shake ourselves free from this world, Father, from all the wars against us. And help us to be the men and the women of God, Father, that you have destined us to be, Lord, in your glorious Son, Yeshua. Lord, forgive us that we, Lord, might have lost our identity, Lord, and we've sold out. But I pray, Lord, today that, Lord, that we will pick up again, Lord God, Father. Pick up that which was lost. And Father, we will pursue you, Lord God, Father, with a whole heart, Lord God, with all our strength, with all our vigor in our minds, Lord God. For you have said, those who seek me shall find me. And I just pray, Father, as we begin to seek you, Lord God, in these coming days and weeks and months, I pray that we will be found by you, Father, and you will hear our cry as we lift it up to the heavens, and Lord God, that you will remember our fair land in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. May God bless every single one of you. 
Thanks for watching. If you've been challenged today, then please drop a message so that we can help support and pray for you. And also, remember to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss the next message.